this is Steve from the Retroman blog and I'm here today with Dick York. Um, Dick is in a band called Crisis and he'll be appearing at the Railway Hotel with TV Smith on June the 22nd and um, I'm really pleased to, to have him involved and uh, so welcome along Dick. How are you going Steve? You good? Yeah, not bad, thank you mate. So Dick, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I know you were in a band called Stay Pressed. Yeah, I was. Originally. Yeah, it was a mod revival band, sort of born out of the, the punk really, so it was a kind of more of a punk band that became a mod revival band. Um, yeah, we, we played a lot and we did lots of gigs and we were, yeah, we had a really good time. Um, and, and then that folded and then I started playing in a band called Cry Diane, which, is, which led to crisis. Um, and that was with Bob Ritchie from Daytona Hosen, who's now, um, as people might be able to find him. And we played in Cry Diane for a while and, and we recorded stuff and it didn't go too well. I gave up music and then 25 years later, Bob contacted me and said, let's do it again. Yeah. So that's how it started. And this is Bob, who is, uh, we would know him in the UK as Doctor of Medics. Yes, yeah, Steve Ritchie, um, Doctor of Medics. He plays with the boys. Uh, he, you know, he's uh, enormously successful in Europe with the Hosen and uh, yeah, fantastic drummer and a, and a very good friend. Yeah. And Stay Pressed, you, uh, I was looking at some information about Stay Pressed and I, I saw a, a review by Paolo Hewitt, old, um, which wasn't very complimentary, was it, at the no, time? No, no. The old Modfather's yeah. mate. Yeah. And he said that you, your songs were too long. I don't think there was one song over three minutes, was there? No, but in those days that was a long song. Yeah. We were never a, uh, a true blue mob, mob band. I mean, we were we were a, a post-punk band, more of a new wave band, really. Yeah, got yeah. caught up in it all, and when we called ourselves Stay Press when well, we were a punk band, and um, and I think it it just kind of we grew into mod revival, and it, it so we never quite really fitted the mould, but but we did okay, and, we, and the, the single School Days did really well. It's become kind of you know. So you had the one single released, yeah, just one, yeah, just, yeah. and, and uh, became kind of a bit of a cult now. I mean, I think Vom is actually trying to buy all the the vinyls that, uh, that exist at the moment. He's trying to buy as many as he can to, to save them up. Cause, um, you know, they, I think it did all right in Portugal, and did, but in England, we didn't do so well in England, but Europe it did quite well. Because you pressed it in diff for different countries, didn't you? you had it yeah, Portugal, France, um, I think Germany, and, uh, and they did well, well in all those places. Um, England, yeah, it did all right, but uh, yeah, we were never a big band. Yeah. No, yeah. More of a cult type thing. I remember the days when I was small I remember my early days at school I remember you so well I was always the one who was never allowed A spaceman with his head up in the clouds I protected my friends from the laser beam Another day seemed to chill a long way away My friends around me seemed to have so much to say And now I think I know, yes I 
did an album on Detour Records, right? That's Dizzy Holmes's label. Yeah, yeah. And was that uh, when was that released? Was that a collection of old songs that you got back together? Yeah, no, I because um, around about two, 2008, 2009, someone asked me to do the the Modern Art or Mod, some big Mod festival in Birmingham. I hadn't played for many years, and I said, "Okay, I'll give it a whiz." So we, we, I pulled together a, a version of Stay Pressed, and we did it. And then from that, um, Dizzy contacted me and said, "Let us do an album." So I, I put together some old Stay Pressed songs and a couple of new things I'd done, and recorded it quite cheaply. And uh, anyway, it, it did all right. It was good. It was, it was fun to do, and uh, some of the songs are okay. I wouldn't be my um, high point of my musical career or everything, but I, I liked yeah. it and it, yeah, it's good. So. Yeah, yeah, excellent. And then from there, you said you formed Cry Diane. Yeah, with well, Cry, well, Cry Diane. Yeah, well, after Stay Press folded, um, and because Stay Press, you know, is a big machine. You know, we were signed to Ronnie Scott's. We had a, we were on Avatar, which is a big American label, and uh, you know, and they expected lots. You know, expected we were going to be, you know, do really, really well, and it it kind of started. You know, we started falling out. And, Things weren't work great for a while, so um, I went out folded. I just wanted to play again. That's when I met Vaughn, and we, we played in a in Pride I Am, and, and just wrote you know songs we wanted to write, and uh, we had no we, you know we we didn't really uh, follow any scene. We just recorded stuff as it was as it sort of came into our heads, and uh, it was enormous fun. And, uh, and unfortunately, we were, I mean, we were signed to management again, and, and they were looking for the big deal, and it never, never quite happened. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So, and I sort of gave up and did the day job for many years, and then until Bob got in contact with me again and said, well, "We've got to do this because we'll be dead soon if we don't do it now." Then we'll never do it. So, so what made him suddenly look back on those songs and, and want to redo them? Did he find? Did he sort of? No, he'd always kept them. No, he'd always kept them. He'd, he'd um, uh, he kept them in little sealed um, plastic. Uh, rapper thing so they wouldn't go and he kept every rehearsal tape I went to with the new songs and he lost touch and he couldn't find me he said he looked for me for 25 years and uh, and it was only when I appeared on YouTube with one of my initial come, comeback sort of playing things that he, uh, he found out where I was and then he and he said look we've just got to do this because he woke, he said he woke up every day and son could it be yeah every day and, uh, and he said we've just got to do it because otherwise he's going to drive himself nuts you know
and then I said I went to Germany to see him. Didn't realise he played in Daytona Hosen. Then, you know, like I, I just thought he played in some pub band, and uh, and it kind of went on from there really and we yeah. played the old songs and they started writing some new ones and then and then crisis sort of kicked off and and we've we've really really it's been really really good it's oh, been you know and germany like we were saying earlier in the chat and germany is a fantastic place to yeah. play music yeah. you know, so yeah. we've had a really really good time so it's a good book so have you actually played any gigs in, in the uk no you haven't no, played no, any no, so, no. so you've suddenly gone from you know, doing your original band, Carvan, getting back together with Bomb, and then you're in Germany playing to sort of reasonably big crowds because he's well, we're doing, well, reasonably big. We're playing at the Ertz concerts in July and August, and they've sold out yeah. 15,000 people. So, you know, it's a diff totally different market over there. You know, yeah, it's, I expect if we come here, we'd get about three people with a <laughs> yeah. and a dog and a, yeah. and a bloke with a hearing aid, yeah. probably. You know, it's just no one. It's, it's just very different here. Yeah. So, were you surprised to find that, that Bomb had taken off with the Tottenhosen and he? he Oh God! Yeah. Well, I, well, I was surprised at how big the Hosen were. I mean, you know, I was, I was, I was very sort of English. You know, I just thought England was all about. But when you go abroad and you find out there's a completely different music scene and how arrogant yeah. we are, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about the TV Smith gig. You know, TV is huge in Germany, and right. you know, and, yeah. and, and I know he's, he's well known here. But you know, you mentioned yeah. TV in Germany, and it's like it's talking right. about God. You know, he's, he's, yeah. he's, got, a, he's, he's got an amazing cult. It must be nice to go to a country where you're appreciated on, on your own merits rather than over here where it's so difficult for small bands to get going or you know there's a lot of fashion you're led by what's in the NME but over there they just seem to have such sort of like a naivety about music don't they? God, yeah. just, if it's good songs they're going to love it. Well I think when we were talking earlier you know one of the main things um, that you know if you play in England it always seems like the venue or the publican believes he's doing you a favour by letting you play in Germany, when you play, the guy thinks you're doing a favour for him by playing for him. So they're very, very supportive and appreciative of the fact that musicians come and play their, you know, music for them and uh, you know treat you very well. Um, you know, and I, I mean, I love it. It's been been really, really good. I love going there. I've, I've never probably gone to Germany if you know before this, and I, you know, it wasn't a place that was on my radar. But uh, but now, one of my favourite places on earth. I, I enjoy every moment I'm there. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant. Great. And obviously having Ron in the band must be good for <laughs> yeah, it's, profile. That's good for people, yeah, getting through the door. Yeah, no, he's great and uh, you know he's I mean you haven't met him but he's a he's a brilliant guy, uh, a fantastic drummer yeah. and you know and when we play together we, we make a fairly good noise, so it's it's yeah. good, it's very good. Yeah. So we enjoyed it. And so Crisis are recording a new album at the moment, are you? You're in the yeah. studio. Yeah we're doing the studio at the moment, we where we uh, we recorded an album when we first got to it, which is Simple Men, um, mm -hmm. which was released last September and has done really, really well, I think. So, um, and we were talking earlier about some of the songs on that being okay, like Could It Be, and you know, yeah. which were all old songs. So these are all the old songs that you've yeah. got back and you re-recorded yeah. now. Yeah. Could It Be was about 32 years old, I think. You know, yeah. uh, uh, I think it washed up okay. So it's still sound. It's a great track, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I think it still does a job. Yeah, it's really. I enjoy playing it, and you know, I've had some great times playing it. You know, on, on the last tour we did in, in January, it was great. Um, but yeah, the new album, we've got about 36 songs and we've been and cut make up my mind which are the best 15 stroke 12 yeah. for, for the album. So, uh, you know, we've we, we recorded a few uh, acoustic ones a few weeks ago and been sort of trawling through them and we 
constantly sort of like picking up one we think's great. Yeah. And so I think we'll hopefully get that out, the new album will be out before, before Christmas. I think it'll be called Never Forget, the album, because yeah. that's one of the, the key songs will be that, which is a new song which I wrote um, about three months ago. We're probably going to boost it on Bomb's label, which is Drumming Monkey. Although at the moment the publishing is the thing we're looking at, and, and we've, we're, I think we're going up to see a few. I think we're going up to Hamburg to see some publishing companies in a couple of weeks' time to see who wants to do that. Some of the, some of the, you know, I won't say because you know, be wrong to, but some of the kind of uh, more significant label, you know, publishing companies have, you know, kind of paid some interest. So we'll see. But I'm old enough. To, to know that you know there's a lot of bollocks in music so until the look the, yeah. the ink's dry on the page I'm, I don't believe anything really. Very much, Dick. Yeah. Um, we look forward to seeing you at the railway in South End. Oh no, yeah, but great. I mean, yeah, playing yeah. with doing that acoustic on TV is going to be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, um, and he was a special invitation from TV Smith as well, so that's a good, yeah, well, good TV, recommendation. TV's been brilliant actually. When we did, you know, for. Uh, you know, he said every time we play a gig, you always get a text from TV saying, "Have a great gig." Yeah, he's like, yeah. you know, he's a top man, top guy. So, so you know, I'm really, I'm personally really looking forward to it. And yes, good. You know, I think it'll be. You've got a great set list, and then you've got, yeah. you've got TV, you've got me, you've got yeah. like Roman, Andy, yeah. going to do some Andy stuff, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, what a night! Yeah. Yeah. free. You know, unbelievable. Exactly, free night. It'll be unbelievable. And we might even have some Dave App stuff yeah. on the merch stand. Definitely. Maybe. Yeah. And I'll get to hear. Could it be live? Finally, yeah. as long as you are going to play that, aren't you? We will play that definitely. <laughs> it's funny actually because just I mean Dave's here and you've got to interview him in a moment. But um, Dave came over and did. Um, he was with us for a couple of gigs in Berlin and uh, and we did uh, the World Heart and I think Ludusfeld and uh, we had a good night, didn't we? Ludusfeld, fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. brilliant. Yeah. One of my best, best so far. Yeah, that yeah. no, is fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. Yeah, we had a great night. Well, thanks very much, Dick, and uh, let's have a look forward to that. I'm pleased to be joined in the podcast today by artist David Apps. Welcome, Hello. David. Nice to see you. So tell us about your, your new book, uh, East End Photography, which is... Uh, been quite a hit at the moment, hasn't it? Yeah, okay. Well, the original idea actually came to me in about the year 2000. Me to just do graffiti, because um, there's a graffiti wall in the between West Ham and Plasto. So I started going there and taking photos, and the graffiti artists wouldn't be in the photos. They got to know me, started letting me take pictures of their book, the original piece in, and then doing the work. 
Um, and then within about a year, two years, the graffiti started changing from what I called the hip hop style graffiti into this mad stencil stuff. You know? And then I started finding little rats all around Shoreditch, which were Banksy's. And then as I was walking from Shoreditch back to Upton Park, just getting pictures of graffiti, I started taking pictures of West Ham football ground and buildings and bridges. And then two years down the line, I put, knocked the graffiti book on the head and yeah. thought, right, I document East London up until the Olympics. Oh. And exploit it, basically. <laughs> yeah. you know. But you must, um, there must be a huge change going on, isn't there, with all the regeneration of that area? To the know. point where um, I'd, one day I'd walk down the road and the next day a beautiful building or pub had gone, you know. And um, I'd luckily pretty much, pretty much documented East yeah. London from one end to, literally from the Barking Road up until there's a, um, there's a wall near Tower Bridge, Roman Wall, and that's where East London ends. So okay. in theory, Tower Bridge is in East London. Okay. Yeah. So, unless the, the boundaries wobbly. Yeah. And uh, everyone said to me, I bet you don't get it out by 2012. Bet you don't do it, bet you don't do it. So yeah. I made sure that... So you did? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a publishing deal. But you can you can get it on Amazon as yeah, it's available as well. worldwide. But sadly, it, the the opening night of the exhibition, which was my East London photography and my artwork, mm. the books were printed in America and got stuck at customs. Oh, so yeah. after all these years of putting a book together, I had a book launch with yeah. fucking books, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. Defeats <laughs> the object of it. The two yeah. Well, two days afterwards, after being really depressed about it, I just suddenly thought. Swing it round, it's punk rock. How many people have a book launch without a book? You know? <laughs> and, and, and keep it yeah. keep it positive because yeah. it was gonna it was gonna destroy me otherwise. Yeah, yeah. And nobody batted an eyelid on the night because yeah. I had so much stuff on sale from the Caligos t-shirts to my screen yeah. prints. Um, nobody mentioned it to me. Nobody even noticed. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I actually I had sixty books that I got for that night. So I did a limited edition one since of signed one to fifty, yeah. and I've got yeah. twelve left, and that was in that's great. You self bought one in yeah, one. three weeks, I think four weeks. That's pretty much how it's. Yeah. Yeah. You have some London for that, but you should have used London for that. You should have had that playing all the time. Oh uh, yeah, well, I did yeah, use London in the show in the end, but I had three three crisis songs. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soundtrack to it, yeah. And, 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 a, and a boys' song and an advert song. So, new Duncan was coming, and new gay and Tim were coming. So, I tried. Oh, and, and two Cockney Rejects because Mickey took because yeah. it's forwarded by the oh, that's right. Yeah, Mick from Cockney Rejects does the forward um, in the book, doesn't he? And he turned up, bless him. And he's you know, such a lovely guy. Yeah. And for anyone who knew and knows their punk rock, I didn't go and see the Rejects because I was too bloody scared. And uh. It's just not what you expect. Well, I mean, I, I didn't when I was young as well. It was, there was the, the sort of always scene, which was always slightly different to the new bands I was going to, because it was a lot of it was considered 
really dangerous. Yeah, it's been by the early 80s, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 82. It yeah. was, um, yeah. yeah. I got enough kick in, so I didn't <laughs> yeah, need right. to pay to go and get one. You know. <laughs> yeah. But he's a really nice guy, and his forward is brilliant, and I'm, that, I'm sure that's really helped. And I think it's. Because I've documented East London as I remember it as a kid, because my dad worked just in Silvertown, so I was always on okay. the docks with my dad. Yeah. And um, I documented it as I remember it as dark and dismal, but exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the pictures are a little bit dark in it, but um, Mickey picked that up in the forward and said, you know, I managed to capture the mean streets of East London yeah. as they were. And I think that's the selling point because I don't think I'm going to sell it to Mr. and Mrs. Average who've flown over from America to see the yeah. Olympics. I'm not going to be interested in my imagery because it's not. No, I think so. Because you need glints and you know, it's not glittery. And no, but you're looking at how that's changed. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a part it's, of London which is, has been destroyed, isn't it, for, for something new in China? Well, you know, so that's the other thing. I'm really, I'm really anti the Olympics. <laughs> and I've living right there, aren't I've you? Done a Bloody, you know, but I, I found out where it was being built right away, so I literally got on the grounds and documented it before it's even been touched. Oh, right, so yeah. you wouldn't yeah. even know it was the Olympic grounds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's been great. It's been great. And, uh, and going on to your artwork, you were influenced, by, I think, by sort of more of the punk imagery, weren't you? Oh, yeah, it? Jamie Reed, really. Jamie. Well, not just Jamie Reed, from every, well, probably all of us, every time we bought a record different from the glam rock records we took a moment and we studied the covers and then yeah. when I was looking at you know I still I always say 999 it's a fucking raffle ticket I mean yes, it's genius yeah. you know and then, and then it was that um, so you were picking I mean, up on the design of the, of the logos yeah yeah just, just you know and then on, you know when we was all at school and then my first bands when I was sort of 14 we ripped bits of paper out and stuck them together with a click stick, you know, and, and I've sort of, I think my artwork, because it's from a digital photography, has still got that feel to it, because it, it still looks cut and paste. And obviously Jamie Reed was, as much as I love the pistols, the Westwood thing, the Mountain McLaren, everything about it, it, it was Jamie Reed that really stole my heart. So have you got a gallery or a, a sort no, of shop just, or store? No, I've just got, at the moment, I've got stuff in Brighton, selling online. Uh, five pieces gone into a new show in Cannon Town starting this week, a place yeah. called The Hub, um, which is all new artists and photographers. Um, and apart from that, the next one I've got, which I'm part of putting together, is one called Art on the Railings, which is in Stratford Park for the first three weeks of the Olympics outside okay. yeah, so that's um, that should be good but it's the knock-on effect all the time every to every time I get something in somewhere or someone buys something their, their friend buys something and you know as I was saying earlier about Vormund the tote hose and my t-shirts when we was in Berlin I took from the t-shirt out and said can I get a picture of you in my t-shirt it's <laughs> oh, not an right, advert yeah. but then I just yeah. got Duncan Reed the other week gave him one of my East London books that took a photo of him, yeah. but he was up for it, you know, yeah, yeah. and you know, we 
watched the work in the hero. It's brilliant. Well, I've got a photo shoot with Honest John Payne coming up now, so I'm going to do the same because I use the advert saying only the only the best boys. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You've actually both done quite well out of Vaughn, haven't you? Yeah. Well, I think it's that. The punk thing, as much as it was always accessible, it's actually got so accessible now because we all know each other, and it's yeah. just like it's not exploiting it; it's working and taking that's and right. passing on. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. It goes around yeah. in the big pot. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's true. Because um, we're all in the same boat. Really, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Doing, doing what we love. In Essex, there was a large kind of group of bands all, you know, sort of kicking off around the same time. So everybody kind of knew everybody, really, or heard of everybody. That's right. So, so it was, it was, I mean, I, I said, I, um, I know I've, I've seen Beat of the Beast. And if we had photos of us, yeah. more photos of us then, we'd probably yeah. go, oh god, there's me standing next to you there. In Crocs or something like that. Drinking your beer. Yeah. But it's true, yeah. and it was a good scene. And you, and I mean, you seemed—I mean, you were a musician, you were a drummer, and you were in Beat the Beast. Was that your first band? That you, you no, I was in band. I was in the band with Sonny McCall from Chelmsford. I, I got luckily introduced to the Chelmsford scene when I was sixteen. And I don't know if they were older, and they were phenomenal. You know, they were a sort of famous set of punks and. Got involved with them, started the band, and then just carried on. Five, five bands. My last band was Spunky, and that was actually yeah. my favourite band. Yeah. And, um, and I got to 35, and I just thought, I've had enough of sitting in bands, I've had enough of dragging a drum kit about. And so you don't do any music at the moment? I played, I played a couple of years ago in a band called The Magnificent Seven, which was yeah. just seven of us doing Clash okay. dance clubs. But I only did that because I could play little sort of scary offbeats, because when I tried to play fast, I couldn't bring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but now I miss it, and I keep meaning to do it. But one day. Yeah. Well, honestly, I sent Ron a message after we got back. From, after we got back from Berlin, saying I wish I was a bass player because that's your band. Is I would love to be in Crisis. I really. Did oh, he tell you about it? <laughs> Jump on stage at the railway. You know, come. You know, you'll be there. I'll we'll have a class yeah, course and learn yeah. the bass. It can't right. be that hard. We've got four streets. <laughs> I play bass. Maybe we could knock out a, a Snapers set. Do a couple of do that one. Well, I'll have to. Stop bloody drink and um, <laughs> smoking again. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. And what was it? Were you in a band with the, the, the guy from the Wally from the Sex Pistols? Well, no. Wally guested with us one night. Um, yeah, lovely sad. Wally Nightingale. Really. Yeah, yeah. I met Wally. You said that on your page that the peak best of the peak best of the Sex Pistols. Yeah, I met him at the Hundred Club, and it was talking to Glenn Mack and the. John Peel actually, and I was more interested in talking to John Peel and didn't recognise Wally when I got introduced. And then just thought, hang on, I'll have him getting in our publicity thing. Sort of backfired. I was, I thought we needed him, and it turned out Wally was a bit of a lost soul, and he really needed us more. And uh, I sort of took the piss out of him calling him a Wally, and then. The night of the gig when he came down, I got to know him, and he really was a lovely guy. But he, the, yeah. what could have been played in his mind, and yeah. I think he died of it. I think he died of drugs. Oh really? Yeah. I even then I used to I went round his house, and he had superimposed a picture of us in 
on us. And uh, that's when I realised that it, that haunted him. That would haunt him, wouldn't it? You know, yeah, he's one of the only people, never one of the few people to say, I started the Sex Pistols and then got kicked out. Yeah. That's going to play in your mind slightly, I think. Um, but I'm glad I did it because it's actually, it's actually quite a bit of my history now, you know, because I don't oh, think you played with anybody else. No, definitely. You know, one of my little instigating things to try and make a few quid that That's was. Right. <laughs> and you've been collecting your memoirs together, have you, in uh, uh, the book yeah, from yeah, Behind? Bloody, yeah, 13 years. But that's only been, I would have finished that now, but because of the photography and art taking off and off, yeah, yeah. I've had to put it on hold. Um, but if it wasn't for that book, I wouldn't have picked up a camera. If it wasn't for that book, I wouldn't have bought a computer. I was computer illiterate in 2002 and yeah. never used a camera. So I took myself to read and write while writing it, I typed it all in, taught me to type, learned Photoshop before, picked up a digital camera, and then this all sort of just fell in place. Oh, so you no, didn't study photography did from a... Didn't set out to do this, oh, right, okay. uh, which is, you know, I mean, I love, I love what I'm doing, and yeah. I'm quite all of extremely happy. So, um, yeah, yeah, something's actually working in my life that I didn't, didn't, didn't even mean to do, you know. So is the book a finish, is it sort of finished and ready to go to a publisher? Yeah, I'm just still... trying to edit it because um, it's, each time I've re-edited it, it's, um, I realised that I was getting better and better and I know I've, I've, I've written it how I speak, so it's probably really hard to read, you know, it, it's, I, um, I hope it's going to be the book with no swear words in ever. And <laughs> And your site is Artificial Designs, right? Yeah, that's yeah, like yeah, Excellent. Oh, thanks very much for joining us today, oh, thanks. David. I appreciate I, that. Uh, I hope that was of some use and you're going to understand my lovely accent. Oh, definitely. <laughs>